0: these stories even though a lot of times you are listening to success stories um, a lot of them started in failure too and that's important to remember like you don't need to be ashamed of your idea not taking off Um, just just there's so many successful stories out there but a lot of them started with the first two or three businesses didn't work welcome to East Idaho entrepreneurs podcast inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust here is your host third-generation family business entrepreneur, Renee
1: Oswald. Welcome back to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast. On this show, I interview local entrepreneurs, business owners, and influencers, and share their origin stories. The origin stories are so inspiring, and it helps us get to know our business neighbors better. Thank you to my longtime listeners, especially. Um, I have broken a hundred shows That seems crazy to me, Uh, but guys, I don't plan on going anywhere because there's a lot more business owners for me to interview. So hang in there with me. Thank you so much for the support. On the show today, I have an individual who has brought the sport of judo to the area and did a major pivot during the pandemic. Welcome Jana Van Whitbeck of Blue Line Judo and Judo Fit to the show. Hi, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I am fascinated <laughs> to learn about Judo because honestly when I think about Judo it seems like a pretty intense karate-ish type sport. So tell me if I'm even close. Yeah, I love that you just threw that out there because that's <laughs> that's my
0: job is to try to help people understand what Judo is. Yeah. So um, Judo is an Olympic sport and unlike karate um, there are no punches or kicking. Um, it's, it's throwing each other and grappling, so choking and arm barring and pinning.
1: Wow, that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, it is. So I'm like, well,
0: why does nobody want to do this with me?
1: <laughs> I just can't figure it out. Yes, and you know, and just looking at you, Janet, it's not like you are a 230 pound kind of <laughs> yeah. buff, huge woman doing this thing. You're pretty little, like how does this even work? Yeah, and that's, it's,
0: a, it's a sport that's done within your own weight class. So you are, um, you know, in competition. Anyways, get somebody your size to fight. Um, that's not always the case at practice. Yeah, you get who you get. <laughs> you get usually a big dude to work with. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, when you're in competition mode, you're just fighting in your own, somebody your own size and um, and gender and age. So, have you competed
1: in judo? Oh yes. And. Um, how how did it even begin? Like in the beginning, how did you get interested in this sport?
0: So it was just total happenstance that I um, fell into the sport. I was in college my first year uh, at the College of Idaho and my girlfriend was like, Jenna, I just signed up for this class called judo and I'm the only girl, will you come with me? And I was like, all right, I'll go. And I mean, I had no idea, just like you just said, I had no idea if it was kicking and punching. I didn't know at all. I was like, we get to wear these outfits? You know, like (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have any idea what was going on. And we got thrown so hard. I swear we never got to treat white belts like this again. Um, I felt like I was just completely-
1: Had the crap beat out of you. Yeah, it Uh
0: it was shocking. And, um, but at that time, I was um, pretty athletic. I was running marathons and triathlons and I was just too proud to be like, I'm not taking this class. I'm dropping this class. It's too hard. Um, You know, if it had been maybe a a math class, I would have been like, I'm not doing this. (laughs) But But I was like, I am not dropping a PE credit. I can do this. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to finish this out. So it was just complete happenstance. And I actually really disliked the sport um, for the first four years. that I. (laughs) But I just had a work years. It wasn't like you did
1: one semester and then left.
0: No, I know. I just kept showing up. I just, that was just my personality. I just... Do, I, I sign up, I show up to practice, even though I you know, really didn't enjoy it.
1: <laughs> okay, so you talked a little bit about belt. It, it is, are there different colors of belts like as karate does? Yes, I guess I should have said
0: that too. In competition, you also fight somebody in your own um, belt rank division.
1: Okay, so then that um, is representative of the skill level that you have. Correct. Okay, interesting. So you did this in college. And then did you start a business in judo right after college? How did the business come to be?
0: Um, no, I just really threw myself in as an athlete to try to learn this as much as possible. So I after about four years, I met somebody who was from Japan, and he had video, this is, okay, like, I don't know how, how old you are, but, like, back in the 90s, you know, it was, like, oh, yeah. a VHS tape. Yeah, absolutely. Some Olympic-level uh, matches that were, you know, some tournament stuff that that he had and recorded and gave to me. And there was this um, really small fighter, and she was actually my size, 106 pounds, and fought, like, Michael Jordan. I mean, she was just amazing. She was uh, so inspiring, and that's when I became obsessed with the sport. I was like, I want to be good at this. I want to be so good at this. And so most of those years um, I've just been studying as an athlete to try to like, I really want to learn how this sport works. I really want to know the ins and outs of it. And then um, now just in the last you know, five years, I opened a studio. During that time, I you know, was doing some teaching. Um, in Montana, uh, but not like, uh, not my own business, not where I was getting paid, I should say. (laughs) Yeah,
1: right. So how, um, what is the trick to being 106 pounds and being able to throw people around? I mean, is, I mean, probably you can't just say it. It's part of just gaining skill, but I am having a hard time understanding how you, is it just leverage? Yeah, it's
0: leverage. It's action reaction. And, and that's where the magic is. That's where I got hooked. Um And it was probably about four years of training before I finally could throw somebody. And the first time that I did, I was like, oh. I
1: just threw somebody. Yeah. Like I,
0: I want some more of that. Like that, that was amazing.
1: Like yeah. he was resisting
0: me and I was able to throw him down on his back. And that was so um addictive.
1: <laughs> so the point here is that don't Um, cross Janet in uh, a dark alley somewhere (laughs)
0: because
1: she will be able to react and throw you. I'm going to hang out with you, though, more often (laughs) because you could be a good bodyguard. (laughs) So what was the inspiration then to start a business here in Idaho? Because you lived in Montana and you moved here. Um, Why why judo? Well,
0: I just, you know, um, I always... uh, if you would have visited me in Montana, like anyone... We lived out in the country in Montana. And if I ever had a house guest, I would, um, you know, offer them something to drink. And then it wouldn't take too long before I'd be like, do you want to watch some judo videos? <laughs> like, I was
1: so Did scared. anybody take you up on no, that? No, I mean, they always had
0: to because they were a captive in my house. That's true. But nobody ever was like, I want to dedicate my life to this sport. It's <laughs> <This is> fascinating. <laughs> right. Said no one ever. Um, but I was just like a full-on judo nerd. I was obsessed. And um, so when we moved here and my son started getting older and it was time for him to start a sport and there has never been judo offered in Idaho Falls. And so I was like, well, you know, I should open that. I should open a school, and so that I can.
1: I imagine you'd been teaching him prior to this, though. Yes, you were right about
0: that. <laughs> and pretty much on his first step. I was yeah, like you were, you like, were like, "When sweet. did you start judo?" And like it, he's like, "My first step." You know, I was like,
1: "Whoops." <laughs> is he as obsessed with it as you are?
0: I mean, you know, it comes from a different place for him because it's just part of his family life. Right. Um, it's not like a self-driven, strange sport that he got into the way that it is for me. But yeah, it's. I mean, as you can tell from the house. Ha- like there's judo stuff everywhere
1: <laughs> and so you're married correct yes. is your husband into judo
0: nope he's never been a fighter he doesn't do any fighting never
1: you could never convince him to come to the side
0: yeah i um yeah no it's not <laughs> he's uh, he's really into hunting he's as obsessed with hunting as i am in, you with both judo, have your so thing. that's yeah. why it works as we both respect that of each yeah, other
1: right okay so your vision when you first opened it obviously you wanted to have this for kids for your kid but what, did you have a broader vision for the judo class? You know, I,
0: I definitely, it is, I feel like my my life mission to get more people to become aware of the sport of judo. And I want other people to fall in love with it. You know, it, it has benefited my life so much. So of course, you know, whenever you have something like that in your life, you want to share it with everybody. Absolutely. You want everybody else to do it. And so I'd really like, um, you know, the sport of judo in the United States is extremely unpopular. It's... Um, You know, very few people know about it um, or even when they do think they know about it, I'll ask them, so can you describe judo to me? And then they'll describe karate. And I'm like, dang it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You don't know judo. Right. But judo is actually in the Olympics, isn't it? Yes, Uh it
0: is an Olympic sport. And so, yeah, that's I would say my bigger life mission is to just get more people involved with the sport because it's huge in Europe. Um, one in three people in France has done judo. I mean, it's a household name. I mean, if you meet somebody from France, they'll be like, oh, I don't really follow judo. I mean, I follow Teddy Renner, but that's it. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Nobody in the United States says that. Like the (laughs) fact that you could even name one Uh, current fighter
1: is just... Yeah, because I'm pretty sure I couldn't.
0: No, of course not. Like most (laughs) judo people, I know judo black belts. I can't name other world level fighters, you know. Yeah, interesting. It's just not uh, part of our culture here. But and obviously it's huge in Asia. It's really huge everywhere but here.
1: So did you compete anywhere outside of the United States? Um, I only
0: competed in Judo in the United States. Okay,
1: yeah. Is there much opportunity for people who are competing?
0: There is, um, but you know it's it, it's expensive for the, the US fighters because um, it's such a huge jump, you know, to go from winning nationals to then competing in Europe is a very large jump because, because they have so many people Competing in in Europe, that they just they just have the numbers to work with. Yeah. So it takes a real phenomenal athlete to break, you know, to make it make it onto the medal stand. If you come from the United States, and it's expensive to get over to Europe, and then you know, it's Europeans are able to compete every weekend in a different country because they, they can fly around really inexpensively for you know for Americans, it's like jet lag yeah, and, and thousands we're, of dollars. Yeah, and we're
1: and, committing a couple of days on each end. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. I understand when you first opened here in the Idaho Falls area, you were downtown and you were in a place where there were several women coming for other classes and you had hoped that your vision would be that you'd be able to draw these women into judo—is that correct?
0: Yes. So that's always been my 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 other secret mission is to get more women doing judo because I really feel like the sport is um, ideal for a, a female body. Um, our lower center of balance and um, just the the lever, the use of, use of leverage and, and things like that are really ideal for for females. Um, so. Uh, what was your question?
1: <laughs> that you started down at Broadway. So oh, yeah. what was the so vision? I, like-
0: yeah, so I started my studio on Broadway and I got the Idaho Yoga Co-op to move in with me. And I was like, this is fantastic. Cause now I have all these women walking by and seeing us work and seeing my spring-loaded mats and the fact that we're on crash pads and seeing what we're doing. And I was just really excited to get, to draw women into this Cause you were like,
1: they're gonna wanna do this. They're gonna
0: see it. They're gonna see me. They're gonna be, they're gonna feel safe. They're gonna, they're gonna come in in droves.
1: And so how'd it go? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, they didn't want to. What? Why? <laughs> I don't know. It's so strange to me because I'm like, they'll be like, oh, I really want to do your class. I'm still building up the courage. I'm like, courage. It was, it was
1: intimidating.
0: I guess. I'm like, what? Uh, certainly you're not intimidated by me. And, um, you know, but I guess it's a brutal sport. And, um,
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, if they're going for yoga and then you're wanting to convert them over
0: to judo, maybe that's too big of a leap. To me, nothing's more relaxing (laughs) than
1: than judo. Well, you realize you're a little unique with this, right? (laughs) I guess so. I've come to to terms (laughs) with that. All right. So that you didn't get the crowd that you thought you were going to get. So who's, who's, who's your crowd now?
0: So uh, yeah, that was one of the things I learned um, is that, uh, you know, I, I was marketing to women and Um, I I didn't even realize I was doing this because, of course, I'm like, okay, let's get some photos for the website. And so I'd get together with my girlfriends and have somebody take photos of us, you know, grappling and having fun and throwing and great looking throws and stuff like that. And then I, I mean, it didn't happen once. Like I had multiple men call me and they were like, so do you teach men? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I guess that website is a little. Uh, not I wanted diverse. the women, but okay. <laughs> right. yeah, I didn't right. really realize I had not put any photos of men in there. And so I did have to go in and change that. Like, oh, yeah, we're very pro. Um, men can come in and learn the sport of judo. And so that's what my team looks like. Most my adult team now is mostly 220 um, pound men.
1: So was that was that a little intimidating for them to be taught by a woman?
0: um it didn't seem to be you know uh, you have to be a little bit uh brave and strong to do uh, judo you know that's why you know like you have to kind of want it Um, yeah but uh, no i have not found anyone um seem weird about it at all
1: and so how many how big are your classes usually do you do one-on-one or do you have like a total I don't know really what that looks like
0: yeah so I just have the kids program you know s- starts at 430 and then I have the adult program starts at six o'clock and so I have a, a good handful of adults that come in and um, this, and that's how that's when
1: we train do you do one-on-one coaching as well
0: I do offer private lessons and have some private lesson clients um, which is a, a really good effective way to go for, especially for females that are maybe uncomfortable or, you know, worried about coming in and looking like, you know, it's hard for adults to go through that phase, that awkward stage of learning something new in a group setting, especially when you are the only female, which I always was. Um, And so, yeah, that's a great way to go for people like, I want to do this, but I'm just, I just have anxiety around it. And, you know, that's a good place to start.
1: Okay. So I understand also that, um, the pandemic hit, right? And so I think it really hit the health industry, the athletic, you know, those kind of things really hard as far as you couldn't gather for a little bit of time and people were probably nervous about doing so. And so you came up with a another pivot even then. So talk about that a little bit.
0: Yeah, so um, let me scoop back to the Montana days, again, me trying to recruit women into the sport. So I was uh, teaching at the University of Montana and um i noticed that all you know you have a class called introduction to judo or women's judo we'd get like just two or three women would show up and um but then like a step aerobics class would would happen and there'd be like 30 fabulous women you know college age really cool chicks and i'm like why can't we get people like that to sign up for judo and so that's when i was like i'm going to create a class called judo fit and um, it's just going to be shadow judo movements set to music that builds your muscle memory so that you that it's it's like wax on wax off like you're you don't know why you're doing it. But then when it comes time to learn the sport, then um, you, you realize your body already knows how to move. So and, and that so le- what kind of a workout is that? So it was just, I just did like a 20 to 30 minute in, in-house in workout. And yeah, I had a ton of college women sign up for the course and they loved it. And once they break a sweat, they were more willing to work with another human and actually learn the like physical judo, real judo. Um, and so it was really great. And some of them went on to... Uh, Become competitors with me, and really? it was a huge success. It was great.
1: It was the gateway drug to it, get them it in. It is. That's exactly <laughs> okay, it. Okay, so you've done that now through COVID. You created Judo Fit, which is similar.
0: Yeah. So, so I was doing Judo Fit in my studio before COVID, and I'm um, really trying to market to women. Called it Ladies Fight Night, and you know it just really wasn't taking off. But then um, COVID hit, and we were sheltered in place, and I was, um, you know, well flabbergasted, <laughs> like everyone, and. I, so I started just doing zoom uh, judo fit classes for my team and I encouraged them to get their parents and their grandparents because because I know their their grandparents because their grandparents drop them these kids off at practice yeah and right they, they come to the tournaments and I was really worried about the grandparents like what are what are these guys doing during shelter in place? Like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm afraid for them. So I really encourage them to get their grandparents, invite their grandparents on. I had the kids send the link each day, you know, to your, and get your grandparents. And the grandparents loved it. Yeah. Cause it's not that hard of a workout. Like That's as far awesome. as you don't like, uh, it's not extremely strenuous, but it builds agility. It's definitely, you know, agility work and you get a sweat um, within, you know, 20 to 30 minutes. Um, But yeah, that's when I realized baby boomers really took off with it and they were getting in the best shape of their lives, right? Because they hadn't been working out beforehand. So then they were doing this five days a week, feeling amazing, having all these great testimonials. I was like, wow, okay, maybe, you know, there's something to this. Yeah. Maybe there's a, a need out there. And so that's when And yeah, I just I I just couldn't lie to myself and be like, they'll be fine. I just you cannot do judo with a mask on. It's too physical of a sport. And even if you did, you're too close to the other person. You're going to give it to them anyways. Uh So I was like, I just need to take this year and get judo fit online. So
1: with like recorded videos, then yeah. you don't do those live.
0: Um, right. So what I've got set up right now is which took me a while to get the lighting and the the mic and the, the music, you know, copyright free music. And so what I have set up now is an online studio and we drop new workouts every week.
1: Okay. So then is it like a subscription? I, I subscribe to it and then yep. I can pick whatever class I want.
0: Yes, exactly. And I try to put a different spin on each class, like like this one has a slower tempo, or this one emphasizes the, you know, the inside leg sweep throw or whatever, you know. Um, but that's basically
1: And I understand you're taking that not just locally, it's worldwide.
0: That's the intent, yes. I mean, I'm still building and, and learning how to get the, the word out. It's nice. I finally have the product ready and the studio, the online studio is set up and for subscriptions at $9.99 a month. And I'm just learning how to uh, get the word out domestically. and um, And then, yes, that goal would also be international.
1: So it's just, it's basically just launched. How is it doing, the online version? Um, It's like in the
0: very beginning stages, like I said, I'm still learning how to get the word out. Got it.
1: Got it. So we need to help you get the word out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you're also, you have room in your studio here to enroll people that might be interested.
0: Yeah. And we do do judo fit in the studio also. And um, if you, know, you like the, the judo fit class, if you're a local person to Southeast Idaho, yeah, you should absolutely come in for some in-person judo fit classes too. And I can clean up your moves and you can supplement you know, with your online program or, or maybe you'll do it and be like, you know what, I think I'm going to stay for the whole class today and really learn to throw at somebody.
1: But do I throw people?
0: You, Yeah, yeah. Okay. I want you to, yeah. <laughs> On your first day, I absolutely. I have many people.
1: All right. I got it. Mm-hmm. Well, so what do you feel like has been your biggest challenges in launching a business and maybe this specific one?
0: Um, you know, it, I, I enjoy learning about marketing and um, things like that, but I, I didn't enjoy um, figuring out, like I said, the mic and the lighting and doing all that was just... Uh, the not, techie stuff is not, not my yeah. strong suit. Right, yeah. right, right, right. So I'm just just wrapping all that up, got the website up and that, that part was not fun for me. But now I think I can embrace the, the, you know, the marketing of it, getting the word out.
1: How long's the studio been open, did you say?
0: I've been open for five years. Five
1: years. So what would you say is one of your biggest achievements in those five years?
0: Well, we've got. Uh, I've definitely had some kids um, medal on a national level and get ranked. We have uh, a couple of kids currently ranked on the national roster. I, I think those are those are our biggest successes. Yeah, that's it, pretty cool. The beautiful judo, the exciting throws. We've um, we've come a long ways. It's you know, we're still considered a very young club, um, but uh, we've made our mark in, on the state and national, and national stuff, yeah. Um, we, we are definitely known for being a tough club.
1: So do some of these kids go on and do that in college?
0: They can, it's pretty tough in the United States, um, to find, you know, like, but you know, the, the university or I state university has a, a judo program. So, I mean, there are programs out there.
1: Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's, you're probably not going to get a full ride scholarship. No, and there judo. is
0: there, you can at San Jose state, um, uh, but. I think that's the only one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I imagine that's pretty competitive then. Yeah. Is there a specific meaning to Blue Line? Your your Blue Line Judo. What does that mean?
0: I know. So I I just wanted a name. Most judo clubs are like uh, Japanese names. That uh? are difficult to pronounce or difficult to spell. I was like, I want something so simple and that I don't have to spell or anything. I just wanted to just be clean and sound sporty. And then um, right after that, unfortunately, a lot of cops got. Uh, yeah, the you know shot blue, and yeah, yeah. now there's like a blue line on everybody's bumper <laughs> sticker in town, and I'm like, should I change the name? Am I misrepresenting myself? I mean, I'm certainly pl- you're like no, pro I was police there. Police officer, yes. or, yeah, I don't mind if somebody thinks that I uh, but I don't know.
1: There isn't any real specific meaning around that. It was just easier than some kind of Japanese. Yes, (laughs) I just wanted a
0: very simple to remember name.
1: Okay, got it. (laughs) How has your family supported you in this journey? You talked about your son and that you're married. Um, Are they involved in the business? the business side. Obviously, your son does the judo, but what do they do to help you with this business?
0: Yeah, my husband keeps track of the books. I always tell my students, like, I don't know if you've paid or not, but I'm going to nag you to come to class. Like, it it doesn't, you know, like, (laughs) that's him that's paying attention to that. And um, my son is doing the judo fit with me. So he's in the, I'm in the front and he's behind me and we're we're doing the classes. Oh, actually in the videos. Yes. Oh, great. Um, And so that's awesome. And, uh, you know, I told him like, you could either be paid by the hour or you can be paid as a partner and help me with other parts of the business. And, you know, I really, uh, we've always tried to teach him to have a long-term, you know, delayed gratification around money. Um, And so fortunately he did pick the latter and um,
1: so do you see him following in your footsteps and doing something entrepreneurial? I definitely see
0: him doing something entrepreneurial both my husband and I are, have always had an entrepreneurial spirit and we try to teach that you know
1: yeah I think once they get a little bit of a taste for that it's kind of like, ooh, that looks fun. Although my dad had something like 20 businesses in my lifetime. And then it was not sexy, right? Like (laughs) a serial entrepreneur back then was not sexy. And so it actually led me to a career that was, you know, like, very stable for many, 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 many years. So I don't know, I guess it could work both ways. Yeah, (laughs) These entrepreneurial kids. Um, As you look back on your journey, do you feel like you would have done anything differently? Or are you pretty happy about the way things have happened?
0: I mean, it's hard to have regrets because, of course, that's where I learned things. Um, But I I think in the beginning, I was too focused on marketing to women and I needed to just market to the people who want to want judo, which are 200 pound men. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it is it just is what it is. And that's fine. At least they are excited about it. And I probably would have spent more of my marketing energy in that direction.
1: Yeah, I think that's really good advice. The want to want, you know, you you, I think I'm always representative of every one of my customers, but I'm not necessarily. And so we have to look outside of the box that we think that are going to be the ones that consume our products or our services. Right.
0: Yeah, and the bottom line is you need to, you need the, the business to stay alive and be healthy. So those that, that's who's going to keep it alive and healthy. And I can still market to women and um, and you know hope that I'm building you know a big female team, but. Um, you know, I love having I love all the guys on my team and you know, I'm really grateful for every single participant.
1: Are you still located in the same place? No, I'm out in
0: the Idaho Innovation Center now. So we outgrew that space on Broadway. And um, so my jujitsu friends, I also train jujitsu, um, they bought the same mats as me and built the same floor and we just combined our mats. So now we have a really big space.
1: And, ah, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, If I was listening to you and I'm thinking about self-employment, what kind of advice do you have for anyone who might be considering doing their own business, um, following a passion like that?
0: I would say keep uh, learning, keep listening to podcasts like this. You know, I just listened to some of your other episodes and every single one got me motivated and gave me hope. You know, it's easy to get into your head and feel like, I don't know what, you know, like, I don't even know where to start. I don't know. Like, oh, I got the whole world to market to. Uh, Yeah. I don't know know how to do it. I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so these these stories, even though a lot of times you're listening to success stories, um, a lot of them started in failure, too. And that's important to remember. Like, you don't need to be ashamed of your idea not taking off. Um, Just... Just There's so many successful stories out there, but a lot of them started with the first two or three businesses didn't work.
1: Yeah, that is so true. And I think, and we've talked about it a lot on the show about how some entrepreneurs come into whatever their idea is thinking it's going to be that instant success. And there really isn't such a thing. It's it's a lot of hard work. Right. Did you find that for yourself? Yes. It's just, I mean,
0: I'm so grateful for the Idaho Innovation Center. I have to shout them out. Um, they have a lot of resources for small businesses that, that are available, even if you're not a tenant there. Um, and I just, you know, really try to take advantage of all those things that um, you're never done learning. You always want to be studying and listening to other people's stories, listening to marketing books. I do a lot of audio books.
1: How did you get connected with the Innovation Center?
0: My jujitsu friend that I moved that we moved in together with, he was friends with Brian. Uh-huh. So and he, said, hey, you
1: need to check this out. Yeah,
0: he, he got us in there. Yeah. So we've been really lucky, especially this COVID year.
1: Yeah, right, mm-hmm. right. Uh, it really was the end for so many people. So yeah. I'm glad you It would have been to.
0: really hard to pay regular rent.
1: Right. Um, How do you stay inspired? I mean, obviously, as you talk, I listen to you. You still have this great passion for judo. Like, what is it that keeps you inspired around this?
0: Well, I think um, most judo coaches are um, competitive people, naturally. Yes. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I just started looking up... um, Like, okay, you know, first my first goal was to have a kid throw for a full point score in a tournament. You know, that was so great. And then that didn't take long. And and then we started getting gold medals and then we started getting lots of gold medals and then we started ranking on a national level. And so now my next goal is I want our team to be uh, to win as a team nationally, which just really comes down to we need a bigger team you got to have a lot of a lot of fighters and you have to be able to travel to nationals, you know, which is a lot of times in Los Angeles or, you know, that moves around.
1: What kind of a time commitment is this, especially for kids? For kids, um, we just
0: train twice a week and it doesn't take very long before, you know, I have them start out with like a 45 minute class when everything you're doing is a brand new skill. It's hard to go. It doesn't take very long at all before the kids are staying an hour and a half, no problem. Um, So we just train on Mondays and Wednesdays. And then during the tournament season, I have them working on Saturdays, like as we get ready for a particular tournament. Um, I also have judo camp that I do in the summer that I noticed is probably a big secret to our success. It's nine to five all week long. Wow. Judo. (laughs) It It is like yeah it's for me it's a blast because like these are my (laughs) you're in your environment right i get to talk about judo all day (laughs) and i don't have to act uh, you know center myself like i do around my real friends
1: (laughs) (laughs) well when i listen to you it's fun just because you are so excited about this but did you ever in in transferring judo as your passion to a business did you ever have feelings of self-doubt like oh what have i done i'm not going to be able to do this like I thought. Did you ever have yeah, that? Yeah,
0: absolutely. I would um, you know, crunch the numbers and be like, okay, let's see. If I had the kids class all the way full and then I had a separate class for teenagers and then I had the adult program and I had a couple of private lessons, you know, and I'd add it all up and subtract the expenses and be <laughs> like I'm I'm never going to be flying business class. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and so that was, you know, I always wanted JudoFit to be a second stream of income, something online. And then COVID really showed that, like, yeah, I need something that isn't dependent on my brick and mortar location, um, something that could bring in, you know, that could reach, you know, many more people. Um, it's a low entry point barrier of entry, you know, nine ninety nine a month. But, yeah, right. And, but you can get so many. You know, I can. It doesn't take very long before my kids' class is full uh-huh. you know, at capacity. So, like, you definitely in the brick and mortar, you run out of space. Like uh-huh. that gets maxed out. But that's the idea behind JudoFed Is I could get a lot of people
1: interested, as many as introduced
0: to the sport, and yeah, as many as I want.
1: Are there different um, levels of? I mean, obviously, at some point, you have to have hands on. It can't all be virtual. But is it all pretty much beginner then? That's in the judo fit.
0: Yeah. So what I do with judo fit is um, encourage people to then reach out to their local club and join that. club. Oh, got it. So that they go through that awkward stage of learning and and you know can get in sh- a little bit in shape and enough to to build their confidence enough to show up at their local studio wherever got it. that may be.
1: Got it. Well, what advice do you have for people who might? crunch the numbers and think, oh, crap, and, you know, have those feelings like, you know, I shouldn't do this. How do you you overcome that?
0: Well, I would say keep looking for a a way to diversify uh, and looking for a second stream of income. There's, you know, I mean, yeah, for me, it's like the only thing I'm good at is judo. (laughs) You know, I don't really have a lot of other options. In what ways can I deliver judo? Right. Yeah. What else can I do with this skill? (laughs) Um, And so. (laughs) That's awesome. um,
1: Yeah. All right, so what's the future for Blue Line Judo, for Judo Fit?
0: Well, hopefully um, hopefully we take off internationally. Um, I, I did get a grant from the state of Idaho uh, to bring Judo Fit to France and Great Britain. Wow. Yeah, it makes me kind of nervous. Yeah, wow, that's great. <laughs> uh, so um, again, that'll be uh, marketing, interesting learning how that works with, yeah. uh, with a demographic that already knows Judo. Um, and I, I'm not trying to change the way that if, you know, existing judo players are training, I'm trying to introduce new people to the sport. So like, for instance, I was listening to your podcast where you, uh, uh, interviewed team Lionheart yeah. and he brought up kickboxing and you brought up Billy Banks. Yeah. And I was like, that's exactly what I want to do for judo is that you related to that sport because that it's been introduced to you in a medium that you're already comfortable with. Yeah, That's what I feel like judo doesn't have anything like that um, available. And so people think it's just this very Asian martial art where you meditate and levitate and, you know, it's like, it's just, (laughs) I just want it to be like a mainstream Olympic sport that, um, that, you know, we get to be proud of being Americans and, um, you know, Introduce it to more people in, in that way.
1: Well, I hope for you that you do get to be the Billy, is it Billy Banks? You were the Blanks? one that said it. Yeah, yeah, I know I said, but do you know who he is? Yeah, the Taibo yeah, yeah. guy. Yeah, the Taibo right. guy. I hope you get to be him for judo. That would be really fun. It
0: would be really fun. And I would like, I would, I guess I might for the future of judo fit, I would even like to teach teachers how to, how to do it. So it's not always dependent on me. Um, I would love for it to just take off and be able to, you know, to help to spread with other people teaching.
1: Yeah. Um, So this is a little bit of a side note, but you talked about getting a grant. What's the process of getting a grant from the state of Idaho?
0: Well, um, I applied for a ton of grants um, this whole year
1: because um, I wasn't doing much else. <laughs> and how did you know about them? Because of your work with the Innovation Center?
0: Yeah, I follow the SBA and mm-hmm. um, it was on there. And then um, somebody from the Women's Business Center also sent me an email. And I think that made a, a big difference, too, because at that point I was starting to feel really burnt out. And like I was having so much not not success getting, getting any of these grants. And then just to have her be like, you should apply for this. It, um, you know, it's a grant for... Idaho businesses to to, uh, have online services in foreign countries. Wow.
1: And you got it. I got it. (laughs) That is so fantastic. (laughs) Well, I think it's fun to know. I'm fascinated when you say that, like, how much is out there that maybe we as business owners are not taking advantage of? So definitely look out, reach out to the Small Business Administration, the Women in Business Center. I mean, there's so many different resources out there for us to take advantage of. Yes. And so many don't. So,
0: right, I know, and there there are a lot of places that want to help you succeed, and they're they're out there. You, and there's
1: money to give you. They, they I, I'm really surprised. Yes. Yeah, that's great. All right. Well, is there anything else you want to share with the listeners before we let you go?
0: Um, I just was going to do my local offer. If if anyone signs up for Judo Fit, and you can find it, on, it's www.judo-fit.com. If you sign up and you have a subscription to Judo Fit, you can get one month free in-studio judo. And even if you just wanna come for the Judo Fit part, that's fine. Or if you wanna stay and watch the adults practice, you can do that. Or if you wanna uh, join in, <laughs> then you know that that's of course always available to
1: you. And- and so, what do you wear to some of something like this? Just regular exercise clothes. Yeah, I
0: usually say like yoga wear. So you just don't want to have like zippers and things because they could cut the mats. So you just want to have soft clothing on.
1: When do you get to wear like the other as kind of belt? As soon as you ones? want. Yeah, I know. I,
0: <laughs> I've, I've also always tried to make ghee pants in style. I've been
1: trying. <laughs> and you haven't quite hit that market I'm yet. I'm gonna I- do
0: it with judo fit for sure. I, <laughs> and-
1: all right, I, lo- I look forward to seeing that. Yeah, all sorts of different. Colors and styles.
0: Right. I know. it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jenna, thank you so much for being on the show today and for sharing your journey and your passion. It's such a great example of especially pivoting and figuring out how to make your vision work in in a time when, you know, so many of us had to pivot. It's great to see how you were able to do that. So thank you for bringing judo to our area and for teaching us more about it. And i'm excited to see you teaching all over the world and being the the one we refer to yeah wouldn't that be great it would be so good so hang in there
0: yeah well thank you for your time and being interested and and supporting all these southeast idaho businesses it's been really great to listen to your podcast
1: yeah you're welcome it's very fun as a reminder this show is sponsored by oswald service and repair with locations in Idaho falls and rexburg we're voted number one in east idaho thank you so much to our customers for um, putting us in that position. If you're looking for automotive repair provided with honesty and integrity, come and see us and let our family take care of your family. Now stay tuned for the business leadership moment.
0: It's now time for a business leadership moment on East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast.
1: Welcome back to the Business Leadership Moment. Hello to all of you listeners. I am so grateful that you are here, and I hope you enjoyed Jana's episode. It was fun to talk to her. I, I am so happy to be able to talk with you guys today just because my heart has been so full. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I recorded my 100th episode, and it was in front of a live audience, And so I had about 50 people there, 45, 50 people. And, oh, I think at least 15 former guests were in attendance. And I'm I'm just telling you, my heart has just been so full thinking about the great people who have supported me and believed in the show. And that's you. Because you're listening, you're listening right now. I know that I have gotten on this soapbox before, and so you're going to maybe roll your eyes, but I just have to reinforce how important it is to have a tribe. Uh, A couple of individuals I spoke to, one in in particular, we had a conversation even just today, and she was talking about her episode um, that we did the interview. And she has a business, she's got a really well-established business in town. And she was plugging along, doing her thing in her business. And there were a few things that had aligned in her life. um, And one of those happened to be being on the show. And after the show, we'd had a conversation about how her business was doing and what she was doing for it. And um, I had looked at her website earlier and, um, you know, I just wanted to give her some feedback like, you know, that really could be improved and here's a resource and hey um, she's like do you you know is there a place I can go and and network with people and mana gave her a bunch of resources and I hope that you guys know there are so many resources out there for networking of course um, we've got RiseX they've been a prior sponsor of this particular spot there's Givevent, which is for CEOs and business owners um, there's BNI there's BNG, uh, and I'm sure that there's others out there that I'm not mentioning, and I apologize if I'm if I'm overlooking those right now. Um, but one thing was so interesting to her is that she she didn't know what she didn't know, and as she's been able to get out and mingle and and learn from other business owners, they've just given her so many more things to think about and resources. And so I thought about my. Uh, experience. I'm sure you guys have heard the story about us buying a tow truck, but we had opened, uh, just as a reminder, we'd opened the business in Rexburg and it was rather slow getting going and we're slammed in Idle Falls. And we kept offering to our customers to go up to Rexburg, take their vehicles, but nobody wants to drive 30 minutes just to get their car fixed. Uh, And so when I was I was having this conversation in, in, in a networking group. I think it was RiseX actually, and sharing some of our challenges with people. And and there were two individuals at the table that just mentioned you should do a concierge service, take the cars up there yourself. Um, and and you know we just started having this conversation. Well, I brought it home to Kevin, and he we trialed it. Right, we trialed taking the cars up there. People were so open to it, and we ended up. Two weeks later, purchasing a tow truck because it worked so well and that tow truck has paid for itself um, because we burn up the highway taking vehicles up to Rexburg still. And that seems like such a simple thing, but that would not have happened had I not been having that conversation with other people and and for them to just give me a different way to look at at our problem and the solutions to our issues. So again... It's just been reinforced to me once again that we need people around us and we are so much better when we can reach out to others to help lift us. And in our community, guys, in East Idaho, I cannot tell you how wonderful the individuals that I have interacted with over the couple years that I've really been in the business community are. They want to help. I have not ran into anybody who was like, I'm going to keep my secrets to myself It is just the most welcoming and awesome place to do business. And so if you are listening to this and you're thinking, you know, I don't need that, I I totally can respect that because I have been where you are. But I would just ask for you to reconsider the fact that there might be some other ways to look at things. And those people that have gone before you in business or right alongside you in business maybe can give you a different perspective. So reach out, take advantage of the networking opportunities. Oh, there's Chamber of Commerce. There's all sorts of ways that you can be um, in contact with businesses. Uh, So if I can be of any help with that, please reach out to me. I'm happy to help you find some place, your home, the place for you to land and um Just take advantage of what we have to offer with the different businesses out here. The very minimal thing that you could do, of course, is continue to listen to the show. I will continue to bring you stories that hopefully are inspiring to you and give you ways to look at your own challenges within your own business a little bit differently um, or maybe just that shot in the arm to let you know that you can do it. Okay, thanks, guys, especially listening to my ramblings today. My heart is full. I appreciate you so much. And I'll see you back here with our next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to East Idaho
0: Entrepreneurs Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Oswald Service and Repair. For all your
1: car care needs in Eastern Idaho, let our family take care of yours. www.oswaldserviceinc.com.